0: Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. I shall not want. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still and quiet waters. He refreshes and restores my soul, life. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake, even though I walk through the sunless valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod to protect and your staff to guide. They comfort and console me. You prepare a place or a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You you have anointed and refreshed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy... And unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell forever throughout all my days in the house and in the presence of the Lord. As I said last time, I believe there are ten things inside of this particular text here. And I begin to study it out because I was like you. I read Psalm 23. I prayed Psalm 23. But there's, there's more to it than that. I, again, the word is living and powerful. And it came alive to me one day, and I believe there's some things in here that you should see as well. In the first verse, we see that it's just supernatural provision. How I many y'all like supernatural provision? I believe there's some all-natural provision out there, but I like supernatural provision. I don't know about you. I, I, I was with a guy one time in Cavendish, and he was putting on a pair of boots. And I said, is that your real hair color? I said, is it all natural? And he said, no, it's supernatural. <laughs> Come on, that means he got the hair color out of a box. But I want supernatural provision. In verse 2, we, say, we, say, we see this. It says, he will let me lie down in green pastures. That's his supernatural protection. We see he leads me beside the still and quiet waters. It's his supernatural peace. I won't go through all of them, but it's his supernatural provision, his supernatural protection, his supernatural peace, his supernatural restoration, his supernatural guidance his supernatural confidence, his supernatural correction, his supernatural prosperity, and his supernatural anointing and his supernatural promise. Are you ready to jump in the Word? A couple of months ago, I talked to you about the provision of God. If the Lord is not your shepherd, none of this in Psalm 23 is going to work. We are the sheep of his pasture. Amen? And the way he sets this up, he says, if the Lord, basically he's saying, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have provision. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have provision. The Lord, Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have protection. Because I have made the Lord my shepherd, I am at peace. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So it start, starts it off. It's just like when you talk about the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance that we see out of, in, in the book of Galatians. In that fruit of the Spirit, I promise you, there's a reason that love is first. Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. There's a reason that he says love, because I, I can speak from experience here that if you don't have love, you're going to have a hard time having joy. If you don't have love, you're going to have a hard time having peace, how many of y'all know the word of God is in order, in decency and in order, the Bible says? And so there's a reason that he says when the Lord is your shepherd and it starts it off with his provision, protection, peace. And if you didn't hear those, you can go back on the podcast and listen to them. But tonight I want to showcase three of them that we start off in verse 3. And it's the supernatural restoration, guidance, and confidence. Are you ready? I want to read to you before we do in Psalm 23 and verse 1. If you have the Passion Translation, if you want to go ahead and put it up there, there we go. The Lord is my best friend. Isn't that good? Come on, this is when he's your shepherd. Rather than going to Facebook for an answer or Google for an answer, how many of y'all know the best friend of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords can give you that answer? He says, the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. in that supernatural provision? How many of y'all know he owns the cattle on a thousand hills? Uh, Amen. He will supply all of your need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Verse 2, he offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. Oh, that's good. But look, that's where, well, where is that? It talked about it in verse 1 and verse 2. When the Lord is your best friend... When the Lord is your best friend, uh, he will offer a resting place for you in luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. And w- that place is where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that i can bring honor to his name. We're going to get back to that, but I want to go ahead and read verse 4 through 6 in the passion. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me. For you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through the, through it and through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. Isn't that great? But let's showcase verse 3 here. It says, that's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me the right path and leads me along in his footsteps. Tonight, uh, I'm going to talk about restoration, guidance, and confidence. But in, in Jeremiah 30 and verse 17, it says this, For I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds, says the Lord. Jeremiah 30, 17. I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds. You know, the New King James and the King James and the Amplified, what does it say? What does it say that it does? It restores our soul. I don't know about you, but there's times in my life that I need my soul restored. Our mind, our will, and our emotions. Isn't that the heart of God that he would say this, I will restore health? How many of y'all have needed some uh, re- restoration in your life and your health? How many of y'all could use a new elbow? You could use a new knee. You can, come on. Amen. Can I tell you we serve a God that re- is in the restoring business? Right? He's in the restoring building and he says, and I will heal you of your wounds. Can I tell you, there's many people that are messed up in their head and in their soul and it's not necessarily that hap- something that happened today. It was something that happened two weeks ago. It's something that happened two years ago. It was something that happened 20 years ago. And what is that? It's a wound. I got some places on me. I got a place here on my wrist that the costumans asked me to come help them put up their barn and- He dropped a piece of metal on me, and I've been wounded ever since. How many of y'all know there's been things that have been said over you that you've been wounded ever since? Whether you know it or not, there's times in your life that the enemy brings those things back to you. I talked about it this last weekend, talking about the story of Moses on how the chariots were up on the hill. How many of y'all testified to that, the times in your life where you thought you were past something, but the chariot was up on the hill breathing down your neck? I'm telling you, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy Tonight, I want to talk about how he restores wounds. Uh, you know, I'm not in the car business. I have a, um, I mean, I drive a truck and we have a car. But I'm saying I'm not in the restoration of car business. But isn't it amazing to watch on television how, how these guys take this hunk of junk and then treasure it and make it better than it was before? And the reason I say that it's better than it was before is because the technology of things that we have in motors today are I will say this, body work is not as good as a car in the 50s and 60s. Your car today will dent for anything. That's what we keep James in business for, right? But how many of y'all know if you kicked a 1965 Plymouth, you were going to have a broken toe, right? Uh, I'm, I'm not that old, but I have been around those old cars, and, and I have a guy that I shoot for. He has a 1955 Chevrolet. And, and I'm telling you, the outside bodywork of this car is beautiful. It's amazing, and on the inside, it's absolutely uh, it. It's when, from pictures of when he got it and the restoration process that took place. But he says this: this car is better than it was in 1955 because. Of the technology, the way the motor runs, it's faster, it's quicker, it doesn't break down because of all the newer things that they have on the inside of there. Now, there's some stuff that they stuck to that are better from back then, but I'm just here to say, how many of y'all have lived a little life? You've got a little miles on you. you got some wet wet saddle blankets on you. Can I tell you, God wants to restore you better than you were from the beginning? How many of y'all know we serve a God that does that? I have an anvil, another great... Uh, illustration of this. I have an anvil inside of my office. Many of y'all have heard that story. In the late 1800s and early 1900s, there was a guy in New York City named Alfred Hay Budden that was building anvils. And in England, there was a guy named Peter Wright and uh, Kolswa from Sweden. These are the three cats meow of anvils. You may not know it, but you got an education tonight. If you... If you go home and your grandpa has a hay button or a Peter Ryder or a Coast you give me, you give me a holler. I'll buy it for five bucks. But, <laughs> but what's amazing about them, the older the anvil, the sweeter the sound. Now, mine, the one that I have, it was found in a tire shop in Plains, Texas. Me and Pastor Eddie was in there getting a tire changed, and I saw through, I saw it through some tires back in a corner. We pulled it out. Now, we had to have it worked on, but I promise you, that 100, over a 100-year-old anvil I have today is 10 times better than the new one that I have. I have some newer anvils, but the old one, baby, it's better. Why? Because it's lived some life. Come on. It's lived some life. It has some things in it that, that I, they can't put in the new ones. I don't know what it is, but I'm just here to tell you: you think that your life is over, you think that 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 you're a wash-up, you think that there's no hope for you. I got another. I I I got something to tell you. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we serve a God that will restore your soul. It doesn't matter what's been spoken over you, does it? It doesn't matter what kind of what kind of life that you lived. It doesn't matter what kind of needle you shot in your arm, or what you snorted up your nose, or how much pornography you've watched, I'm here to tell you, we serve a God of restoration, we serve a God of deliverance. And he said, I, he will restore your soul. Are you getting something so far? I love this in Luke 19:10, and we say this many times about Jesus, but the Bible says, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. In the Greek, this word lost, I love what it means. it means. It conveys the idea of something ruined, wasted, trashed, devastated, or destroyed. It's the same word used for a destroyer, one of, one of the New Testament names to describe Satan's demented nature. How many of y'all know the enemy is lost as a ball in high weeds? Amen. But in this particular text, I love this. It says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was ruined. Who can testify that at one time in your life you thought you were ruined? But because of Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Look at this. He came to seek and to save that which was ruined. He came to seek and to save that which was wasted. He came. How many of y'all have been wasted before? All right. I know I have. But thank God, the Son of Man came to seek and to save me. He came to seek and to save that which was trashed. Let me see a show of hands. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to stop doing that. All right. Hey, we're open. We're family here. How many of y'all know he's pulled us out of the miry clay and set us on the rock to stand? Amen? Amen. We're going to testify about it. But look at this word save. He, seeks, he not only seeks us out, but the Bible says he saved. This word save mean, implies rescue. Such as a rescue from a raging sea, rescue from an illness, rescue from immediate danger. Inherit in this type of rescue is once returned safety and soundness. So when I read that, look at this. It, this type of rescue is once returned to safety and to soundness. I many of y'all know there's been times where people have been rescued before, but they're worse off when they got back than they were when they were in the place. Where, where I've heard I've heard people, uh, we went to a snow cone stand years ago, and this guy was real messed up. In fact, Pastor Brandy and I, we have prayed for him. I prayed for him. Uh, on, uh, we did a couple times. But um, he said this. He told me this, and this is what kind of sparked it for us to really reach out to him and pray for him. He said this, I wish they would have pulled the plug on me. Remember that? I wish they would have pulled the plug on me. But in this, this word save, you know what this tells me? When Jesus finishes his work in us, we're not second-rate version. In Christ, we're an improved version. Y'all didn't hear me. How many of y'all know because of Jesus, we're better, we're strong, faster, stronger? I don't know the rest of the song. How many of y'all know that? Because of Jesus. How many of you know you're better off than you ever were because of Jesus. A new creation in Christ. Listen to this scripture, talking about restoration here. The high, Isaiah 57, 15. I want to read out the New Living Testament. I love what it says. The high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the holy one, says this. Jesus says this. I live in this high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. I restore the crushed spirit. I'm here to tell you today, I, I don't care what therapist or psychiatrist has told you. If you have a spirit of rejection or you have some kind of crushed spirit on the inside of you because of a granny, because of a coach, because of a teacher, because of an ex, I'm here to tell you he is in the restoration business of whatever kind of spirit you have. Are you hearing me tonight? Look at this in Luke 4, 18 and 19. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, in the King James, it says to set at liberty those who are bruised. But... Right here, I want to break this down. It says to heal the brokenhearted. Look at what the Greek says in brokenhearted. It's used to describe the crushing of grapes with feet or the smashing and grinding of bones into dust. It depicts people who have been walked on by others, those who have been crushed by others, or those who feel they have been smashed to pieces by life or relationships. Can I tell you, if you, if you testify to any of that, We serve a God who came to heal that, to restore that. It says deliverance um, uh, in, in the Old King James. It talks about deliverance, and that means to release at dismal, to set free, to permanently loose. And it don't matter if your grandpappy's pappy's pappy had a problem with alcohol. There is deliverance in the Savior, Jesus Christ. You don't have to deal with it. You can be restored. It says recovering of sight. Listen to what the Greek says. The returning of one sight, the restoration of sight, or that you see again. In fact, in the Greek, it means that this is a person that never even had eyeballs, and eyeballs come to life. How many of y'all know there's people out there that they just can't see it? They just can't see it. Can I tell you? There's still hope for them. (laughs) Oh, man. Bruised it means to crush, to break down. Depicts a person who has been shattered or fractured by life. Pictures those whose lives have been continually split up and fragmented. Aren't you thankful that we serve a God that came to heal the brokenhearted? To proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, To proclaim liberty to those who have been bruised. Everybody say Restoration. You seeing that tonight? We serve a God, so when you say this scripture, when the Lord is your shepherd, He will restore your soul. You'll have His thoughts. You'll have His ways. Amen. Because we saw in camp meeting this 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 last year that was great revelation that we we're creating the image of Christ. When He says your my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, He's talking to the unbeliever. But as the believer, we can have God's thoughts and we can have his ways. Are you hearing me? All right. Supernatural guidance. Everybody say guidance. How many of y'all thankful for Google out there? GPS. <laughs> are you? Aunt Vicky? are you thankful for GPS? I know you're not. But it says in 20, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Can I tell you, God wants to supernaturally lead you and guide you? God wants to supernaturally lead you and guide you in your finances. Parents, God wants to supernaturally lead you and guide you. Husband, wife, employee, are you hearing me? The Bible says in Psalm 32 in verse 8, I have lots of scripture here, and I won't apologize for it, but it says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that you shalt go, and I will guide thee with thine eyes, with mine eye." Those of you that were on in the mornings, there's there's some scriptures that I, I read all the time about uh, the Lord's guidance. I've given that out to many people. And I share, I I read, I not only pray those, but I read those every single day over my life, over my family's life, over every decision that I make. But I think it's very important that we have his eye and not ours. Because how many of y'all know he can see things better than we can see? That's why... A couple years ago, it's funny, in 2020, the Lord put it on my heart. For three months, y'all were here, some of you, January, February, March of 2020, what I preach on? Big faith. And I couldn't stop preaching on big faith. Big faith. But the Lord showed me this as we go from glory to glory and faith to faith. I mean, I believe that. in your walk with Christ. It's like the Johnny Cash sign. You know the Johnny Cash song when he, he's driving the Cadillac? Well, what model is it? Well, it's a 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54. You guys know the song that I'm talking about. All right, some of you young people are like, yes, but you don't. You're lying, but that's okay. I, I love old outlaw Johnny Cash music. But in this particular song, what he talks about, doesn't he, Wayne, is how he stole all these Cadillac parts, and he goes to the to the house, and he he says, hey, what year model of the Cadillac is this? And he, at the end of the song, he, he goes from 49 all the way up to, I think, 69. Because it has all kinds of different parts in it. Can I tell you, we, in our walk with Christ, we should be going from faith to faith because of something that happened in 49. God got us to 1950. Listen, I'm talking about a country song here. You, you're like, I'm not that old. Bear with me here, all right? Something that happened in 2000 got you to the faith that you're in today. The faith that you needed in 2005 was because you had the faith in 2000. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So we go from 2000 to 2001 to 2002, and you're saying, why am I keep going up? Because God is getting you in a faith that you need today. Are you hearing me? And so we go from faith to faith to faith. If you just came to faith here and you gave up, listen, God has so much more for you. But here's the deal, why you the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. See, when we go right from glory to glory, it's not talking about a demotion from glory to glory. It's talking about glory to glory. How many of y'all believe that? From faith to faith. We're to placed to go higher and higher in our walk with Christ. And the reason why is because when we down here, we have a perspective of what, what only we can see. But when we have a faith of what God wants us to have, we get up and have the eyes that he can see. Am I making some sense tonight? I'd rather have in the heavenly perspective rather than an earthly perspective. And so we need to have, and so what he says is, is he says, I'll lead you and I'll guide you. The Bible tells us in Psalm 37, 23, the leaps of a good man. Y'all ain't paying attention. The steps of a good man. Aren't you thankful it ain't in leaps? How many of y'all know we need some baby steps? I don't know about you. I need some little baby steps. The steps of a good man are ordered to the Lord, and he delights in his way. In Psalm 73, verse 24, write it down. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. You ought to start praying that. Listen to this, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. You know it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. How many of y'all thankful for the word? I don't know about you, but I'm a little jealous of the people in the Old Testament that they had a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. But the Lord told me this. Don't be jealous because I've given you my word. And what does the Bible say in Psalm 119, 105? The very middle of the Bible Psalm 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and it is a light unto my path. So thank God for his word. Number two, we can all say this, talking about leading and guidance. Thank God for the Holy Spirit leads us in paths of righteousness. Look at this in John 16, 13. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. How many of y'all know there is a bunch of false information in the world today? But can I tell you, when you're led by the Spirit of God, that's a supernatural guidance that comes from the Spirit of God. That I'm telling you, I believe if you lean on him, he will tell you what's true. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Listen to this word guide. This is what it means. A guide is um, who shows a traveler the safest course through an unknown country. This is in the Greek. This is good. A guide is one who shows a traveler the, fa- the safest course through an unknown country. A guide who knows the safest, fastest, and most pleasurable route to take. A tour guide. A guide for the blind. How many of y'all have ever been um, gone through some seasons in your life that you feel like it's an unknown country? Come on. Where are you at? That's what the Holy Spirit can be for us, a guide to lead us through that. The Holy Spirit wants to be out front. In Romans eight fourteen. I love this scripture right here because of what it means. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And that word led, it's not talking about a nine millimeter. It's talking about it depicts an animal that's led by rope, tied around their necks, that follow that followed wherever their owner let them, the owner would tug and pull, and the animal followed to be led by a gentle tug or pull. Can I tell you this means something to me? Those of you that have been around horses, but if you haven't been around horses, um, one of the things that I that I learned, and this is what I'm working with Lucas, and and because uh, he's been going with me, and he's like me, I have compassion and I have grace for him because I was. Green, green, when I first started working with Pastor Eddie, working around horses. But one of the things that I would do when a horse would set back, I would hold on. Now, he has burnt his hands to a crisp several times. He had Band-Aids on playing the drums because he held on so much. And, and what is that animal doing? He, he's, he may not want to go into a place, but, but my whole point is, is be led by the Spirit of God. And him using that same depiction. See, when a horse is broke to lead, he has so much trust in that owner, the place that he's going to take him. And there's times like bringing him into a dark barn, that's when they step back. But lots of times what we want to do is we want to hold on to them. But a horse's natural is to go against pressure. So when that pressure's on the back of them, they'll step back even more. But can I tell you, the Spirit of God He's not going to take you unless you want to go. Are you seeing what I'm saying? But if we trust him, if we trust him, see the whole point of that lead rope is they have to have a trust with their owner that they're not going to take them into scary places. But over time, see, a young colt, in that something? A young colt or a, a young filly coming into the barn at first, they're, they're all over the place. But those solid rock ones, those 10, 15-year-olds, they have trusted their owner. See, that's why it's so important. Day by day, you, get, you be led by the Spirit of God. You built up a confidence with the Lord. Am I making some sense tonight? I don't know about you, but I want to be led by the Spirit of God. I want to teach my kids to be led by the Spirit of God. So as we pray Psalm 23, we're not just praying a prayer that David wrote. We're not just praying it because it's a popular song. psalm. I'm praying it because when I speak the word, dynamite comes out my mouth, for one. But number two, I'm believing this, that today I'm going to have supernatural provision. Today I'm going to have supernatural protection. Today I'm going to have supernatural peace, supernatural restoration, and supernatural guidance. Are you hearing me tonight? The next one. Everybody say confidence. Confidence. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. All right, real quick. How many of y'all have ever been in a dark moment? How many of y'all going through a dark moment right now? Just be honest. All right, going through a dark moment. All right, dark moment in your family, it could be in your finances, it could be with your kids, it could be in your country. But he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. How many of y'all know there's a supernatural confidence that comes out of those words? Those of you that have sat under any teaching over an amount of time, you've heard me say this, but consistency creates confidence. The Lord gave me revelation of this years ago, but consistency creates confidence. See, I am confident shoeing horses because I've been consistent at it for many years. I'm confident leading worship because I was, maybe not now. My fingers would tell you differently. But there was a time where I was super, super confident. How many of y'all know there's some things in your life that you're just confident about? And the reason you're confident is because you've done it over and over and over. Can I tell you, you want to have a confidence in your walk with Christ? You got to do it over and over and over. So in his writing here, when he says this, I will fear no evil, he says a supernatural confidence. And um, I, I want to give you some text here, but I want to tell you something that happened to me recently. Listen to this in Psalm 4 and verse 8. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. For th- Psalm 5 and verse two- 12, it says, For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous, with favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. Psalm 17, eight, 8 and verse 9. Listen to this. Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings from the wicked uh, that oppress me from my deadly enemies who compass me about. Arise, O Lord. Disappoint him. Cast him down. Deliver my soul from the wicked which is thy sword. One more. Psalm 18 and verse one. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. The reason I'm giving you these is because these are bullets to put inside your gun to say these things. I'm going to give you. I, I shared just a little bit of this at camp meeting, but I want to give you um, here recently a time that I had to walk in the confidence of the Lord. In fact, I have to do it all the time. And the reason I'm sharing these stories with you because lots of times y'all look y'all look at the pastor's life sometime and think, well, everything's hunky dory. Let me tell you, it's not always hunky dory. And I got a call. Y'all know my house got hit on a Friday. On the Monday. Of the mon- Monday of that week, I got a call at 6 a.m. It was a DPS officer, and he said, is this Travis Bennett? I said, yes, you're the pastor of Arena Black Church. Yes, yes, I am. Well, I kind of got a situation up here, and what, um, what had happened was, is on Friday, the day before, I was working down at the barn. And there was a guy that was renting the arena, and he had some steers, some cows that he was roping. He had 13 of them, and he, uh, he said, hey, I'll see you Monday. I said, you're coming back Monday? He said, yeah. And I said, well, leave them cows here and have them eat the weeds. So he threw them in the back. And if you guys don't know this, one of the ways that we make money here at the at, at Arena of Life is we rent out horse stalls and we also have 20, uh, 220 plugs where, where people can sign up. Well, Friday and Saturday of that night, there was somebody that was staying and kept horses down here. So now this is Monday morning and this DPS. Officer tells me this, one of your cows was in the road, and somebody hit it. Well, it, it would have been nice if it was a hooptie, but it was a BMW. <laughs> Somebody's coming from River Falls, headed to work, hit this cow on the road, the cow's dead, called the guy, and uh, he, he has grace for us. But I'll tell you, who does not have grace is the husband of the wife that hit the cow in the BMW, and so right away, I, this is heavy, right? So uh, they are breathing. Jennifer can testify. This guy is breathing down my neck. You're going to get my wife's car fixed. Well, I call insurance, but just a backstory of that. When I call our insurance um, lady, she says this, and you guys might know this. You may not. But our insurance that we have down at the arena, it is it's more costly than these other two buildings combined in a year. I mean, way more. And for us to have that hickey on there, it's going to cause it to go up more. And sometimes we we struggle with even getting insurance on it, don't we, honey? And so it's hard. And so our insurance agent is saying this, you're just going to have to take care of the car. Well, if the car is totaled and it's a BMW, I'm calling Don. <laughs> And so what happened was, make, make a story, uh, um, not to make it any longer, you need to know this. So I start calling the insurance companies. I start calling lawyers. And one lawyer tells me this. Well, I'm or, or sorry, the insurance agent said, well, you are farm to market road out here. That means that it's a comp claim. It's open range. Have you all ever heard that in, in Texas? We are open range. I was like, Hallelujah. Well, their insurance company calls back and says, no, we are not open range because seven years ago in Randall County, somebody got hit on a road, and they sued the county of Randall, and they made it a closed-range county. And so now they said, well, who owns the cows? Well, we don't own the cows, but I told the guy to keep them here, so technically I own the cow. Are you seeing how pressure I am right now? All right, said one lisinopril, I took two. Just kidding. I had supernatural confidence. And so I did. Honey, did I lose any sleep? Absolutely not. Tuesday, he says, I need to answer by Wednesday. I am down at the barn shoeing, and I just begin to share these scriptures right here. In my distress, I called upon the Lord, and I cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. Psalm 1819, he brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. In Psalm 18, 36, Thou hast enlarged my steps under me that my feet do not slip. Are you seeing what I'm saying? I start getting confidence from the Word of God. And it's also reminded me of times that I've had to do this before. So I'm saying, Lord, I need supernatural wisdom. I'm having confidence that you're going to speak to me. I go down to the cow pens and I see, I see, uh, that horses have been in there. i have seen some horse turds in there. Apples, let's put it that way, apples. So Mr. Greenhouse, I call Mr. Greenhouse, and I say, Mr. Greenhouse, has there, been any horses been in, has there been any horses in here? And he tells me, he says, not that I'm aware of. So I call the DPS officer. I said, do you know of anybody who was staying here? He goes, yeah, I met him. Really? <laughs> what's his name and what's his number? So I call him. And I say, hey, you pay to stay. He came in at 1 o'clock in the morning. And when I call him on the phone, I hear his wife on the Bluetooth say this. I said, sir, you pay to stay here, and you came and and used our facility for free. I'm putting a little heat on him. You, You came and used our facility for free, and you left the gate open, which I know they were shut. Mr. Greenhouse knows they were shut. And I hear her on the Bluetooth say, yes, I left that gate open, but I didn't know anything was in there. I'm like, where are you from? Shut gates if you go through it. All right, here's a spiritual thing. If you go through a gate that is shut, you shut it when you go through it. Amen, and everybody said amen. amen. So listen, and what? And doors too, and drawers too. All right, all right. In Jesus' name. I grabbed that, Lord. <laughs> I just put some heat on him. He calls me back uh, uh, 30 minutes later. But I also had the DPS officer call him, too. But he calls me back and says, hey, we're going to cover that car under our umbrella insurance in Paris, Texas. Listen, we went from probably having a 50, I don't know, fifty, $60,000 hickey around here that I knew God's provision. And I had confidence in his word. And I'm so thankful for the voice of God. I'm so thankful for his guidance. There's other stories that I could tell you of things that have happened around here. Pastor told me this. Be a successful pastor, you got to hear from God. And I'm so thankful of hearing the voice of God. And I, I'm telling you, it was heavy. I could have real easily, real quick, had, I hear people having anxiety and panic attacks and things like that. I'm telling you, with all of that. And then somebody hit my house on Friday but I'm telling you, all of it, every bit of it, that, my house getting hit, how God turned it around. My daughter, y'all, she went from a hooptie to somebody hitting my house, and they bought her a, a 2012 Toyota. A nice one. Huh? Yes. I said, you hit the preacher's house again, it's going to come back on you devil. But can I tell you through all of it, honey, we've walked in confidence, haven't we? Because the Bennett house is going to stand on the word. A few more here. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Listen, I've got, let's see, one, two, I've got four more. Not tonight. But I've got four more just just to tease y'all to come back. How many of y'all got something out of Psalm 23? Amen? So, so, uh, and I want to encourage you to pray this. Pray this over your life. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And think about that. The ten promises that God gives you. Supernatural provision, supernatural protection, peace, restoration, guidance, confidence, prosperity, correction, anointing, and promise. Amen? God, we thank you for your word tonight that it's a lamp unto our feet, it is a light unto our path. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God, for your, uh, for your guidance. Lord, tonight, as we talked about restoration, Lord, I pray, uh, I thank you, Lord, for the testimonies that are in this room of restoration, that you're the God of restoration. God, I pray that you're doing a work of restoration right now in somebody's finances. You're doing a restoration work in, in, in somebody's maybe contrite spirit or a broken spirit. I pray that for that restoration work that you're doing in a marriage right now in Jesus name, that restoration work that you're doing between a father and a son or, or, a mama and a daughter or a mama and son or vice versa, whatever it is. Thank you God for the restoring work that you do. You make us better than we were. You make us better. Thank you God for your guidance. Lord, I pray that right now, God, we pray for your guidance that, that uh, you would supernaturally lead us and guide us, that we hear your voice and the voice of a stranger we will and shall not follow. Thank you, Lord, for your confidence that comes. Yea, that we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We will fear no evil. We will fear no evil. And, Lord, we stand on your word. We thank you, Lord, for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.